Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Right here on 960theref.com. All right, episode 191 of the Crossover Podcast. David Johnston and Jeff Dantzler along with you here as we uh, continue on through the dog days of summer. And I'm from the morning show, Jeff, from the home team. Our main man, Charles Kenny. we have a studio audience for this uh, crossover. Charles is famous and... uh, (laughs) Infamous <laughs> in his uh, his dog KC, much like one of the all time uh, greats, man, a frequent guest, and Albus and Hermie are quite jealous that KC and the King Man get to roam these halls, but they haven't. And I think Hermie would be good, but the bus man might do some barking. So. The bus man may not like it. Well, I think you need to bring Hermie up here. Oh, she would. Kingsley's quite fond of her, oh, and uh, I know KC would be as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So we we love our. Our canine companions here, and yeah, like you said, it's a dog days of summer, and uh, we're pretty much coming on it about to roll into August as we tape here. What's it? Is today the 29th? Today is July 29th. It's a Thursday afternoon. It's a thirsty Thursday yes. here on WRFC. Yes. Yes. So, so we're the old 96. So basically, a, a month from yesterday, the 28th, as we tape is the week zero college football kickoff. That's August 28th. And then so we're essentially five weeks away from the Dogs in Clemson. And that first weekend of college football, the Atlanta Braves are just having a bizarre season beyond all the injuries. The way they've done the loss win, loss win, loss win, loss win since the All-Star break, again, at the time of this taping, having not won or lost back-to-back games since the All-Star break, I think it just kind of summarizes what an odd year it's been for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, and uh, as we're taping this, they just won their game this afternoon against the Mets. They go 5-4 and on the road trip. They're a game below 500. They're four games. uh, Alice, I guess, four games out of first. Mm -hmm. But uh, are they what? I mean, the trade deadline's tomorrow. Are they what they are? Are they are. they are they a team that's a game below 500 that can't put together a winning streak? Or are they a a team that's Four games out of first and that close to being a playoff team. It's funny you look at it because the San Diego Padres are right at five games out of first, and they're 16 over 500. Yes, yes. So it's all- the wild card's not really in play <laughs> no, here. No, it is not. It's division title or bust. Uh, kind of, my, my take on it with the Braves is, and uh, D- Dave and I are in the, the Georgia vortex pretty much from September through the, the end of May into Memorial Day. But just what we've seen with the injuries they've had, especially with Ronald Acuna, and Mike Soroka, it just wasn't meant to be in terms of a special year. I I have thought for the last couple of weeks when the die has been cast, essentially since the Acuna injury, they've got a lot of really good pieces. They don't need to do anything radical. A small move like Jock Peterson, that's one thing. But they don't need to 
trade away any really good pieces, and I don't think they need to give up any excellent farm hands just to get somebody who might be able to plug in a gap and say, hey, we could get to the playoffs this year. I, I just don't think that would be wise because if Acuna can come back at full strength next year, I, I wouldn't count on Soroka until maybe August or September at best. I, I think Atlanta, with their existing pieces, will certainly be a contender in the National League East. I think this is just one of those years and everything's been crazy because of we all know what that you factor that in with the injuries that they've had, that this is just, it's just one of those seasons where not a lot went right. I think it's a very safe bet that their final record is going to be 80 and 82. That's, that's a number I keep coming out. They'll be 80 yeah. and 81 and lose their last And that means game. they'll be right in the hunt till the last week or so oh, if they exactly, are in the, in the NL East. So, yeah, with yeah. that division. Well, obviously, uh, we'll know a lot more this time next week just because the trade deadline's tomorrow and we'll see what the uh, the Braves end up doing. But, you know, Jeff, we've got to talk college football. I have to. we got to talk the Big 16, mm. known as the SEC. I'm trying to get back in my Wayback Machine and go back to the early <laughs> 80s. Well, let's talk about the history of the SEC because you know it pretty well, and I feel like I know a little bit of it. But uh, when the SEC was formed, we're going back to the, what, 1930s, I guess. The SEC yeah. was formed in 1933. You had the we, teams that you have in yeah. there now, the original 10. Plus Tech. Plus Tech, Swanee. And Tulane. Correct. Now, Swanee gets out of the league because yeah, they're they Swanee, and I believe at the time they were thinking about just dropping sports altogether. Correct. And now they are a uh, Division three school or mm. whatever, very fine school. But then you had Tulane and Tech both leaving, <coughs> excuse me, the SEC in the 60s. The early 60s, yes. So what was the thinking there as far as Tulane and Tech leaving the conference? Uh, Tulane, I'm not as sure on Tech's thinking was because they had such a great decade in the 50s. That was Bobby Dodd. They didn't want to split the money. So it, it so was there you know what didn't stink, and they didn't want to share it. Yeah. yeah. And they uh, bolted out, probably wound up not being a great move for them. So we had the 10, which... Can we go back to that? <laughs> the 10 and then South Carolina and Arkansas. Yeah, so you have in. the 10, that's right. But, and but, then that stayed like that until 92, until Arkansas and South Carolina joined the league. We should mention there was no SEC team in Arkansas at the time. There was nope. no SEC team in uh, in South Carolina at the time. And then you go another 20 years to about 10 years ago. I can't even remember. Some say 2011, some say 2012. I know the first football season 2012. was 2012. So I guess maybe 2011 was when it kind of got started, but then you had Texas A&M joining, and there was no team in the SEC from Texas, and you had Missouri joining, and there was no team in the SEC from Missouri. Home of the Kansas City Royals. Home of the Kansas City (laughs) Royals. SEC SEC East. Yeah, why not? Why not? But here we are now where it looks like we're going to see Texas and Oklahoma joining. Now, Oklahoma, there's no team in the SEC from Oklahoma, which makes sense since Oklahoma, which by by the way, um, Oklahoma in itself is in kind of a weird place on mm-hmm. the map because it's not really the South, it's not really the Southwest, it's not really the Midwest, it's not really whatever you want to call it. It's kind of right there in the middle. It is because te- I've always said, well, you got the Southeast, you got the Midwest. Texas is Texas; it's its own. In thing. Texas is Texas. So Oklahoma is kind of like that. That fish that swims alongside the shark. Yeah. They just they kind of piggyback there with Texas. What's so interesting, too, when you go back through the history of the SEC, it's amazing how history repeats itself. 
And whether it's an offense in football, for instance, when Urban Meyer was at Florida, this is revolutionary. What he's doing with Tim Tebow and and Percy Harvest, like, well, no, actually, that's a single wing. That's what teams yeah. like what yeah. Georgia ran with Sinkwich and Trippy. Right. You're getting the ball in the hands of your best players, which makes so sense. When the SEC was formed, that was originally the Southern Conference, which was the, the ten SEC teams plus Swanee Tech and Tulane. So the thirteen that formed the SEC the nine that were the ACC, the eight that were there forever, plus South Carolina and Furman. There were 23 teams. Everybody realized this league is way too big. There was proximity, and and, and all of these conferences were originally formed because of geography and ease of fan base travel and team travel. And they realized, boy, this is too big. So essentially, to to do brain surgery with, with a sledgehammer and a chainsaw here, east of the Appalachians, that was the ACC. West was the SEC. And the league split. So they realized it was way too big. Well, now, so geography was still taken into consideration. Correct. Well, 23. Well, now we're, we're at 16. And, well, we're creeping back up towards that number. And being a, a traditionalist, I'm, I don't like this. I don't think it's good for college football. I don't think it's good for college athletics. And, and there's so many arguments that can be made. But my take is... SEC schools are already making the most money. Well, now this is oh, a yeah. chance to make more. Okay, well, in two years, you're going to want even more? Yes. Well, we get Ohio State and Michigan. Of course. Well, why not just bring in every team? <laughs> so every team becomes – and then you're going to split up back into divisions, which will be a new form of conferences. And, and, and it'll You'll kind be, of be back to where you were. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a reboot of it. But I mean, the, we'll the see how many thing. teams are in um, uh, what you would call the Power Five conferences. I guess. Oh gosh! If now, you just do the math, you have fourteen in the ACC. So, so you got fourteen in the SEC. So that's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. You got, you got ten in the Big 10 Twelve. Ten in the so that's thirty-eight. You got twelve in the Pac-12, which is fifty, and then and the 14. Big Ten, and so sixty-four. Yeah, plus right? Notre Dame. Plus Notre Dame. We'll yeah, count them. So you're right. So we got 60. sixty-five teams. So essentially, I think that's what we're going to end up with, right? We're going to end up with. Number. 14, I'm sorry, four power conferences potentially of 16. Which, by the way, Notre Dame, I, I still don't think they need to they're, they're, They need to be in a conference. They, I, I, I don't agree. think they will. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, get Notre Dame in a conference and that will make things better. But I talked about this the other day. What does Notre Dame want from their athletics? They want the ability to get into a playoff, which they have. Yep. They also want uh, their Olympic sports to have a place to play, Conference which is what they have with the ACC. Yeah, they got the best of both worlds. And they've then, got an open marriage. Yeah, they do, absolutely. On a hey. one-way street open marriage. <laughs> Unless they need help from the ACC like they did last year. Right. Oh, and the other thing is the TV contract, which yeah. they also have. Now, granted, it in itself is not as gigantic as what you would see schools from the conferences get, but... For one school to get a fifteen to twenty million dollar TV contract is pretty big. It is, and that also gets back to a point why. Two reasons I'm also firmly against this. I want to win. Mm-hmm. I love the SEC, but if the ACC said, "Hey, Georgia, we'll take you," and that meant that if going into the ACC meant we won two national championships like Clemson did, I would do that. Sure. I love the SEC, but I love Georgia more. Winning just became more difficult. Uh, Don't you think, though? Time out now. Since Herschel Walker, I've seen us win three SEC championships in football. Yep. Men's basketball, we last won one in 1990. Women's basketball, 2000. Baseball, 2008. 
it's hard to do. And now it just got harder. And as for the money, it's all relative. Oh, great. We'll get $15 million more dollars. What, so is Alabama. So yeah. is Florida. So you pay your coaches more. You can build more facilities. Right. But, but you're not you at a competitive. You can pay your Olympic sports. But you're not at a competitive advantage with That's who you're facing. That's what I'm saying. It, that doesn't change. No, it, it doesn't change one bit. And and if you're Ole Miss or Mississippi, say, it, it's hard enough winning. Now, it is, it's impossible. Yeah. You're not talking about in baseball, but in football, it's, it's down. It's impossible. But what I was going to ask a moment ago is, the expansion of the playoff would make it, to me, easier to win a championship than the amount of money that's going into each school, would it not? Because you you think as hard as it is to get into the four-team playoff, you're going to have eight more teams that could get into the 12-team playoff. Therefore, you got to win, what, two or three more games depending on whether you have a bye or not, which would make things – me easier to win a championship. Maybe I'm looking at it incorrectly. Tell me if I am. I, That's just it's a lot more games. To it win. is more games. It yeah, is a lot. Which again, the really I'm is, not val- I'm not vouching for that. I mean, I'm I'm not like saying that we have to have one. I just look at it as if you're the number five team, you still would have a chance to win a championship, but not in a four team playoff. If that makes sense. Now the I, number thirteen team. I think we're getting a little far on out there. I don't understand why eight is not uh, I know. the magic well, number. To me, though, I mean, we were in a quarterfinal in 18 and 19, the SEC yeah. championship game. Yeah, and you can look at it that way for sure. So they're still going to have conference title games and then maybe play four playoff games? I mean, that is also – but here's the other crux of it. Well, it's going to be impossible to move fan bases like that when you think about yeah. the travel because in the – the, what I consider the good old days, you played your regular season, then you had your bowl game, you had a month to make those travel plans. But the powers that be like that because that's more eyeballs on TV sets. Yeah. And you're, you're cheap. And they want it both ways. They want their stadiums full, and they want as many people yeah. watching TV. And at some point, you can't have both. So, and I would think, too, from a fan's point of view, all right, well, all right, the schools are getting all this money. Who can, Are ticket prices going to drop? No. So what What good does it do fans? It's like when I heard Arthur Blank, when he was asked you know, about, well, with building a new stadium, why, why do you need it? Well, it increases the value of the franchise. Well, whoop-de-doo. What does that mean for Joe Fan out there? So to me, college football is so steeped in tradition. And I think a lot of this too, DJ, what, what's been bugging me is between the talk of a 12-team playoff in the sport where the regular season always meant everything. And no matter how you feel about the end of it, it's hard to argue it's the best regular season. I mean, there's no question. It's hard to argue against that. So a 12-team playoff, rapid major conference expansion, and the portal and the NIL – I think the most sweeping changes we've had in college athletics in in around 50 years – and it's all happening here within around the last four or five months. It's a lot, and it's quick. And and we don't know where it's going to end either. No. At, at some point, it'll settle down. You, you, you can't I – mean, anything in life, you can't have chaos forever. At some point, it'll settle. It might not end how you like it. But what I wanted to get back to, which was where I was kind of going with the SEC, and we kind of got sidetracked a little bit there, and we can certainly come back to it. But I guess what I was getting to is is that expansion of the conference has happened before, mm-hmm. and we've seen it happen, and it's happening again. So are, are we just 
in a situation where we're about to see the lid blown off the top of college football? Or is this just another part of the evolution of not just the SEC, but other conferences? Because there has been realignment before. We went through that realignment 10 years ago, and that was about TV and eyeballs. And that's not the case this time. This is about digital and streaming and, and all that kind of stuff, all these different ways that you can consume these products. So we're seeing another round of expansion about to happen, but maybe not for quite the same reasons that we saw before that was only 10 years ago, which, again, for the history of the SEC, which is almost 90 years old, 10 years is nothing. Oh, you're right. So if it's going that fast, are we going to see another thing in five years? And then after another thing in three years? You know, Do we expect Oklahoma and Texas to have to wait till 25 to join the SEC? I don't think so. I bet they're in by yeah. 23. I mean, I every time they – every year they're in the league – or let me start over. So, like, this year it's, it's like – you're getting a divorce, but you're still staying in the same house as your ex. Well, that doesn't work out well. <laughs> yeah, that usually doesn't work well. There's and that's a, what's going to happen. Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in that in that boat this year. There was a pretty good story that uh, our, our friend Dr. Reefstack, one of our team doctors, a very good friend, had, had told me that uh, uh, Missouri, a very good wrestling program, and nobody in the SEC has it. Yeah. And, uh, well, we, we all know the reason for that, but – when when they came in, they asked the Big Twelve, "Can we stay in for wrestling only?" <laughs> no, no, you cannot. And do you blame the Big Twelve? No, no I do not. not at all. There might have been some other choice words that were thrown yeah. in there. I, I, another part of this too. Let, let's face it: we, we all want to win. Every school wants to win. And what makes this even more dangerous? It's one thing when it's Arkansas and South Carolina. It's one thing when it's Texas A and M and Missouri. But this is Oklahoma. In Texas, mm-hmm. winning now that the cannibalization of this, presuming it goes through, I, I don't know what the fans are getting out of it. Now you might, well, we're, we're going to get more good matchups. That could potentially happen. And again, that falls back on a lot of schools doing a PP job, a P poor job of scheduling non conference games. George has done a great job with that. Playing eight SEC tech and, and at least one other big name opponent. We see what we got coming up. I guess a lot of those games will be conference games now, but the, the the power that Texas and Oklahoma bring in here with their history, with their tradition, and how hard it is going to be to win now. I I just think this is a move that is going to not be overly popular with fans. And and now you've also got to decide, okay, so is Missouri going west and Alabama and Auburn coming east? Is that what would make the most sense? So basically you've got the old Southwest Conference and Big 8 plus LSU, Ole Miss, and State. Or do you go to four four four-team pods? I think that makes more sense. Well, good luck trying to, you know, it's – all right, well, here's a pot. Well, no, 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 we yeah. don't like that. I mean, yeah. trying to please all 16 schools, this th- – but again, No, I agree. How I many mean, times, DJ, have we seen this, though, and it certainly have with Missouri and A&M? All right, we're, all right, guys, we're doing this with more money. Then you get the devil in the de- – all right, well, you guys just figured that out, whether yeah. it's how to format a tournament. Yeah, I, I don't know. Putting divisions, putting pods, putting four four-team divisions. That's where I think it would, it would go if – and by the way, 16 is the perfect number. Divides equally down to one. 
14 actually is not a great number oh, a for, number. for that kind odd, of thing. It's an odd even number. It's an, it, it is because it divides number. into an odd number. It does. Yeah. It's do, not a prime number, but it divides into one. Do you think that – ooh, that's good math there. I like that. I'm going to steal that for something later. <laughs> what, did I ju- what did I just say? But I just blacked out. Oh, I no, what? <laughs> yeah. Although but, our man Josh Connor – He's got his math book in here. Where I'm from, it's just called it's math. My math just called I love math. It. That's a great uh, Andrew Connor. That's a great notebook. So, I think to basically what they're doing, and if you don't think football's driving the boat on this, if you notice nobody's been knocking down Kansas and Connecticut's door, football's driving the boat. Oh yeah, 99.9% absolutely. Point nine percent of it. Don't get me started on college basketball. Oh my, it's God. just got more. As a friend of mine said about an ex-girlfriend, more issues in National yeah. Geographic, and it goes back <laughs> exactly. to the one and done. Yeah, and them not getting on the same page with the NBA. I totally agree. And putting the baseball well, draft rule in. But so, let me. So I wanted to mention this story. You've heard me tell this before, and you were actually there. So we were out in College Station three or five years ago, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And we were down. We'd gotten something to eat down at the concession stand, and we were sharing like a table with some A and M fans. A vegetable plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Wasn't risky. Actually, it was. Uh, it was uh, raw carrots and <laughs> celery with no dip. But anyway, we were talking to the A and M fans, and they were very nice and very polite and cordial. And uh, I remember asking one of them. I said, "So, you know, when you guys go on the road, it's always a long trip. You don't have a close trip anymore. You don't have uh, an in-state Baylor rival or, or anything TCU, like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess their closest rival is either LSU, LSU or Arkansas. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Long, uh, but anyway, it's a long way no matter what. And I said, you know, with all that taken into account, do you guys like being in the SEC? And the guy said, no, we don't like it. We love being in the SEC, and this was because they were no longer in the shadow of Texas. Agreed. No longer in the shadow of Texas. And they could tell kids, you can stay home in Texas and play in the SEC. In the SEC, absolutely. And you're going to get to play against Alabama. You're going to play against LSU every year. You're going to be in the hunt for a chance to be on the biggest stage. And I, we got similar reactions to that when Arkansas came in. Yeah. It wasn't as extreme, but for them, and this is nothing against Baylor and TCU, but Arkansas saw, oh, my gosh, we got Alabama and Florida and Georgia. They're just bigger name brand teams. Okay. How much has Arkansas won in football? They've been to the SEC championship game. Been a while, but they, they have. <laughs> yeah. And they've been uh, great in baseball. Now they have been, and obviously in uh, basketball back in the 90s. But yeah, I mean, they have had, and again, their overall athletic program is strong. But in football? But in football, it's and let's talk about like Texas. The SEC is getting a team that just won the Director's Cup. Yep. But I guarantee you a majority of their fans would trade being number one in the Director's Cup for – what they haven't had in football. Yes, to beat Oklahoma. Yes, yes, and to be in the playoff, no doubt. which they haven't done. Nope. I mean, it's... So that's the thing there. Texas has, can you say they've carried their weight or not? Well, they have sort of, but in football, they haven't. They've underachieved. Yeah, they've underachieved, yeah, they and they've see. had issues. And look, well, they, ju- they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Right. And that would have been, what, three years ago? Yeah. They've already had a coaching change. I know. They won the Sugar Bowl. And they've already had back. a coach. We're yeah, back. we're back. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the only nuts. thing that's still there from that is Bevo. So, 
the deal was back when we had 10 teams, back when we were Utes, <laughs> you played six conference games. All right, you could have co-champions. You could have three yeah. or four teams go nine and two or 10 and one. It kept a lot more fan bases happy. The advent of the SEC championship game, 12 teams and 14 teams. And now with, it is impossible to keep nearly as many fan bases happy. And now you're talking about expectations, what we always call the, the big six, that you got Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee have won every SEC championship since 1963. That's the, the big six fan base. And now are you A&M, Frampton, South Carolina, they're not at that level, but they expect to win. And, and now all of a sudden you got Texas and Oklahoma, two of the top five, six winningest teams ever coming in. There's no way all these fan bases are going to be happy. <laughs> and then, nope. you know, but, but any coach. I or mean, realistic. No, you're not going to be. None of us are realistic. But now it, it's just gone to such another level. Uh, but coaches will continue to take the challenge because, well, I got, I got, I mean, how much did Tom Herman get to go away? I know. So there's. And, and, the, the, and it, again, the money. I asked Coach Donnan uh, the other day on the morning show. I said, if you were in the position you're, you were in in the, in, uh, the mid to late 80s, you're the offensive coordinator of, let's say, the number one program in the country. Mm-hmm. He even said he had his own radio show. Oh, yeah. He had, uh, you know, certain things that they were perks. head coaches. Yeah, perks. Yes. yes. I said, would but you wanted to be a head coach, and you knew you had the pedigree to be a head coach, and as it turned out, he did. But I said – would a coach, would you have taken, like, in this day and age, would you have taken the Marshall job to, and again, no offense to Marshall, but would you have taken that job with where you are now? And and he said, well, of course things are different. Yeah, you know, you want to be a head coach, that's one thing, but with the money that's being made, with the security those guys have, it's totally different. I, that's a great point, DJ. And, and now, honestly, for coordinators, major SEC, major programs, how many head jobs are there out there that you leave for? Maybe 30? I know. And we're not talking about coordinator jobs anymore, uh, you know, being a million dollars. We're talking about now getting up and several are over $2 million it's a year. It's insane. <laughs> and, yeah. So. And the head coaches make so much money that they can afford to not have to make a whole lot more and get more money to pay their assistant coaches. And the agents, they've got in all these longevity yeah. deals and everything. Yeah. So, it's a lot. I've got a feeling next week we will continue on this because we're going to know a lot more this time next week. Absolutely. So absolutely. I know we got to wrap it up. We are desperately out of time. Desperately this, short on this, time. This this uh, episode of the crossover a little bit shorter, but I knew it was going to be a good one with uh, Blake SEC Charles expansion. and Rick <laughs> <laughs> for everything. For everything. By the way. Uh, find us on the App Store with your i or in the App Store with your iPhone, uh, Google Play with your Android. Dave and Jeff here on the Crossover Podcast. What do we say? Episode number one ninety one coming up on two hundred. Wow, wow! It has been a, a lot of fun, but we desperately, mm-hmm. desperately are out of time. So we need to run. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Dave and Jeff along with you. The Crossover Podcast, 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.